This is Fiat Vox, a Berkeley News podcast. Today, we revisit a 2017 interview with Emiliana Simon-Thomas. She is the science director of the Greater Good Science Center at UC Berkeley, where she co-teaches the Science of Happiness, a free eight-week online course that explores the roots of a happy, meaningful life. Here, Simon Thomas talks about how humans are a collective species that thrives on collaboration. But power and privilege, she says, can corrupt anyone, even the best, most morally guided people. But the good news is, there's an antidote. Emiliana Simon-Thomas earned her PhD in psychology from UC Berkeley in 2004. She was studying how emotional and cognitive processes interact to shape behavior and brain activity. I started out as a neuroscientist, and I was very interested in the relationship between emotions and what we call higher cognition. Um, There's this kind of common cultural notion that emotions get in the way of reason and logic and that they, you know, lead us astray. And it's really kind of Plato's claim, emotions are the enemy of reason. And I felt like that ethos was a disservice to emotions as an important part of the human experience. And it's not doing us any good to try to stifle our emotions, to try to suppress them chronically in the interest of being smart or logical. Now, as the science director at the Greater Good Science Center at Berkeley, her work focuses on the science that connects health and happiness to social affiliation, caregiving, and collaborative relationships. Humans are a super collective species, she says. That's how we succeed. I mean, you think about ants. We're more like ants than we are like, you know, cats, (laughs) right? Or mountain lions who really... Um, have a more solitary, competitive existence, Um, we succeed through our cooperative endeavors. Um, We live in really rich, dynamic, complex communities. Um, And we only survive our early life through a deep and profound kind of vulnerability and caretaking relationship. Like we're not, we don't come out ready to go. And giving from your own resources, your own reserves, is tied to activation of pleasure circuits in the brain. You know, reward circuits are always talked about in the context of, you know, cocaine addiction or, um, you know, kind of accumulation of pleasure and material possessions when in fact they aren't unique to those self-interested opportunities. They're just as wired to um, experiences that come with being generous and, and supporting others. There was a 2012 study by psychologists at the University of British Columbia, says Simon Thomas, where researchers gave toddlers under the age of two treats, like goldfish crackers. An experimenter had a puppet and befriended the toddlers. And then the toddlers were asked to give the puppet one of their goldfish crackers. The experimenters also gave them a treat to share with the puppet. 
the experimenters are videotaping the kids and looking at their smiles, and the most robust smiles happen when they actually take a goldfish out of their own cup and, and share it. So, again, there's something fundamental early about how rewarding it is for us to foster an affiliative connection with someone else through generosity. So we depend on our instinct to cooperate and share with each other for survival. What happens when someone is highly privileged or suddenly gains more power in society somehow? Social hierarchy is really an interesting um, moderator of our empathic, nurturing, compassionate tendencies. In terms of power, in terms of status, there's definitely a tendency when people are highly privileged, their fate doesn't rely on the actions of other people as much as it does when when people are reliant on others because they don't have all of their needs met or they don't have, they can't control every aspect of their access to resources. Um, if you're in, interacting with other people where in, in dynamics where you're asking for help or you're borrowing stuff or you're lending stuff, you just have a different outlook than if you really don't ever have to seek any assistance from anyone else. And so that's one argument about where this kind of de- decrement in pro-sociality originates in, in, in people who are in positions of, other, of high power. But she says there's another theory, that everyone, even the highly privileged, prefer fairness and justice. And they have to figure out how to explain or justify their higher social status. And, and, and it's not intrinsically fair for certain people to have the lion's share of resources and other people who also work very hard to have very little access and few resources. Um, and even people in positions of privilege have that, that, that basic impulse to prefer justice and fairness. And so faced in that position, I'm the one who has everything. I've got it all. Oh, that doesn't fair. It doesn't feel right. That's not fair. Um, there's a tendency to kind of re-explain the justification for my privilege. Oh, I've worked really harder than the other people. I deserve what I have, and because of something about who I am that is unique compared to other people who don't have anything, and that explanation, that narrative, is a form of distancing. Yeah, the other is so different from me that I don't really have to empathize with them or concern myself with anything about their welfare or well-being or anything. Even the best, you know, most morally guided, virtuous humans are vulnerable to those sort of forces when they find themselves in those positions of power. And I was going to say the the in-lab study that Dacker ran, where basically it was like a monopoly game, and they set it up where one person just had a lot more, you know, money and property than the other person. And then afterwards, or somewhere in there, they like put a plate of cookies on the table, and there was an odd number, and just invariably, the person with the power in the game ate, ate the odd cookie. And not only did they eat it, but they like got crumbs, and they were, you know, eating, chewing with their mouth open. Like they were willing to cheat, 
They were willing to kind of defy cultural norms of politeness, um, and they just did it. And it, and these were like you and I, right? Put in that position, that is kind of the impulse to kind of explain away the inequality and um, suddenly not concern yourself with the other because you don't think you're ever going to need them. There's definitely ample evidence that inequality is something that poses a substantial problem to well-being amongst societies and nations. Nations where inequality is really high tend to perform worse on you know, wide surveys of other metrics of well-being, you know, health care, education, infant mortality, all those things get a little bit worse when a, when a nation or a society is set up in a way where there are huge chasms between the haves and the have-nots. But she says there are ways for people who have more privilege to fight this tendency to distance themselves from other people with less power in society. Power corrupts if you're corruptible. Right? But if you're aware that a power, if I get this power, I am, I am corruptible, but what can I do to sort of um, manifest an antidote to that, to that tendency? To the extent that they can maintain their sense of common humanity, uh, that is really, really important. Uh, if they can resist the temptation to think of themselves in an exceptionalist manner um, and instead uh, um, really focus on the ways that other people's efforts and actions and presence are are essential to the privilege that they've got. I, I would not be the person I am without all of these other people who I work with who are um, sort of making it possible. Um, so a lot of times uh, gratitude can be a really powerful exercise, uh, a very kind of deliberate, conscientious kind of gratitude towards people where you acknowledge what they did, um, you explain why it helped you, and um, acknowledge the effort that, that they put into it. And, and, and again, that kind of regular routine exercise can just maintain that awareness that you're not exceptional because of some special thing about you. Um, and, and you're not sort of privileged to have more access to <laughs> the dignity or respect because of that. And dignity and respect are or ever, everyone's entitlement and, and, and to, to not sort of fall prey to the risks of, of power. Um, remembering that is important. This is Viet Fox, a Berkeley News podcast. I'm Ann Bryce, a podcast producer for the Office of Communications and Public Affairs at UC Berkeley. You can subscribe to Fiat Vox, spelled F-I-A-T-V-O-X, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a moment, give us a rating on Apple Podcasts. It really helps bring more visibility to the work that we do. And if you enjoyed this episode, consider sharing it with a friend. It is a great way to get the word out. Also, check out our other podcast, Berkeley Talks, which features lectures and conversations at UC Berkeley. You can find all of our podcast episodes on Berkeley News at news.berkeley.edu slash podcasts. Thank mm-hmm. you.